Welcome to Pop Goes the Culture, the podcast where we look at pop culture and ask ourselves, why does it pop? So I'm Marie and today we are talking Nicktoons and we are talking about one Nicktoon in particular today, the Rugrats. Now Rugrats, for those of you that don't know, is one of the original Nicktoons, if you will, and it was actually... The Nicktoons started in the early 90s, and there were three that it started with. There was Rugrats, Doug, and Ren and Stimpy. The first one was Doug, and then there was Rugrats, and then Ren and Stimpy. I actually want to do podcasts on all three of these. I actually, I was actually thinking about this for a while. And here, here on the... The Rugrats became a franchise in a way, and it was like one of the few that became a huge franchise for for Nickelodeon. So, so um, it's about a group of toddlers, and it's kind of their day to day lives, their interaction with adults, their crazy adventures. So you have Tommy, Chucky, Angelica. You have twins Phil and Lil. And then, of course, it evolved eventually to where you had Tommy with a brother named Dill. You had another character named Susie Carmichael. Chucky ended up with a with a stepsister named Kimmy. So there were like all different things that came out, but that was the core group. And the Rugrats franchise itself, the what happened was. Like I said, it was a franchise. It, it evolved into it's a television shows, several television shows, movies, and video games, which were the big ones. Then, of course, there were there were some books, there were some live performances, which you know you didn't really hear too much about. So I think I'm going to focus more on on the shows and the movies. Maybe touch briefly on the video games. So let's get into this. The original Rugrats, which was a part of that Nicktoons original thing. That ran for nine seasons. It started in 1991 and it ran to 2004. And there were actually 172 episodes each episode had like two two segments to it so there were about 322 segments give or take and they would do like these segments like all different ways in fact there were actually some that inspired the spin-offs like there was actually a special that spun off the all grown up one and then there was maybe like some that were precursors there were actually some that were also precursors to movies like there was one where that was a precursor to the Rugrats movie where where we were introduced to Dill there was one that was that seemed like a precursor to Rugrats in Paris and then like every time there was something with one of the movies like I think the only one that it didn't do this with is Rugrats Go Wild, but with the Rugrats movie and Rugrats in Paris, what 
happened with those would bleed into the series. Like, for instance, with the Rugrats movie, we had the birth of Dill Pickles. Well, the next season or so of Rugrats the Nickelodeon show, you had Dill introduced. Rugrats in Paris had the introduction of Kimmy because Kimmy's mother married Chaz. So in a season, in like a season or two, you would have the introduction of Kimmy and Kira as a part of the Finster family. So, yeah, so you would have like all these different little like tie-ins, if you will. And so they, so the original Rugrats ran to 04. And during that overlap, there were three movies. The Rugrats movie, which was 1998, which I talked about. Rugrats in Paris, which I talked about, was in 2000. And then there was Rugrats Go Wild, which was in 2003. And Rugrats Go Wild, I believe that was the only one where you didn't have the um, whole tie-in to the, the um, series. And it was also the one that was not as successful as, as Rugrats in Paris and the Rugrats movie. It was a crossover between Rugrats and the Wild Thornberries. Wild Thornberries was another popular Nicktoon in that day. And so you would have like different talents and whatnot coming in. And it was just, it, it was, I remember seeing this when it was in the theaters and even I was like this is too much and it was it was way too much so you had that and then you had the all grown up all grown up series which came about because of a of a Rugrats special, which was called All Growed Up in 2001. It kind of set the groundwork for All Grown Up, which was from 2003 to 2008. It was a five-season run, and that one followed, followed the kids, which this time around, it was Kimmy, Dill, Tommy, Phil and Lil, Chucky, Angelica, and Susie. And it followed them through through their preteen, early teen years. It wasn't, I don't think that was as popular as the original Rugrats because you don't really hear too much about it. And I just wish that it was because it was kind of interesting. Now... Then there was actually one that was very short-lived in 2005 called Rugrats Preschool Days, which was Angelica and Susie in preschool. Like I said, that one was was hardly heard of because it was like extremely short-lived. It was like 2005. And now, here we are, 2022, and we have a new Rugrats, which came out in, in 2021. It, it debuted... May 27th, 2021, it is streaming only 
And it's on Paramount Plus, so if you have Paramount Plus, you can indeed check this one out. And it's actually the second Nickelodeon-based series that was created exclusively for Paramount Plus. The other one is Camp Krusty. No, wait a minute, not Camp Krusty. It's a SpongeBob one, I know that. A Camp... Oh, God, I can't think of it now! I have to do this because it... It's going to drive me insane, but it's a Spongebob spinoff that was on, it's only on Paramount Plus. And I'm trying to remember what exactly it is. Camp Coral. There's actually two other ones. It's Camp Coral, and then there's the Patrick Star Show, which was, which was a Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon only spinoff. But Camp Coral is the other one that was exclusively made for Paramount Plus. And so with Rugrats, it's the Paramount Plus Rugrats is a re is kind of a combination between reboot and revival because it reboots the old I the old concept of the Rugrats, but in a different way. But it's a revival because it's the same characters the there are a lot of different parallels with you know the the fact that it's a reboot but a revival at the same time because the first off first off there are so many differences because there keep in mind there's a like a 30 year difference between the original that started in 91 and this one that's in 2021. And here you go with some of the, with one big difference they found, which is the character of Betty DeVille. Now, Betty DeVille in the original 1991 Rugrats was portrayed as a strong feminist woman who had a husband who was like very weak. And of course that was Howard and yeah, so so a lot of people speculated that Betty was most likely a member of what they call the Alphabet Mafia. Now, for those of you that don't that don't know what the hell the Alphabet Mafia is and are too lazy to look it up on Urban Dictionary, I will tell you what the Alphabet Mafia is. The Alphabet Mafia is the LGBTQ community. So, and this time around, it's dead on because Betty is portrayed as a lesbian. Now, now there's also another one, which is the Carmichael family. They weren't introduced in the original 1991 version until about season two. And here they are immediately established as the Pickles neighbors. Also of interest is in the original, Susie was able to talk to the adults. She was actually three years old in the original. In this version, she is two years old and is not able to talk to the adults. And then Charlotte 
is also present from the beginning, which those of you that seen the original Rugrats know that she was pretty absent in a lot of the earlier episodes. Also of interest is she is not a CEO. She is actually a city councilwoman. Also of interest is um, Susie Carmichael's father in the new version is a science teacher instead of a screenwriter. So, so yeah. And... Now, here, here they're saying that Kimmy is going to be three and a half years old. And, but, but, of course, Kimmy hasn't been introduced yet. I, I hear that there are talks about introducing, like, Kimmy and, and Kira at one point. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting how they do this. Um, you know, so they... They've done like all these different little shorts. They did longer series. And actually it's also coming up where last late last year they announced that there's going to be a new season of of Rugrats for Paramount Plus. There is no word yet. Oh, here it is. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. That's um, Nickelodeon airings. Because it says regular Nickelodeon airings are to begin on February 2022. And that's just for that one. But but there's no word yet on when the second season is going to hit Paramount+. Plus. Um, there was also talks about a CGI live-action hybrid film in 2018, but there hasn't been much word about it. Um, now, the interesting thing is the Rugrats did touch on some interesting themes. There was an extreme lack of cultural diversity. At least I think there was. Because, I mean, come on. You only have one black family on this show. And that's the Carmichael's. Secondly, if you look, is if you look at it, you will also see where the I'm trying to figure out how to put this, where the only Asian is really Kimmy and Kira, the only Asians. So, yeah, complete lack of racial diversity. But there are some things with cultural diversity and whatnot. Um, now, there was also a lot of mention of Judaism because because um, Pickle's family is part Jewish. And here, the they have it where there is a episode that is entirely about Passover. And then they have one that's entirely devoted to Hanukkah. Now, they also have mention of it in the Rugrats movie, which they have like some indirect references to Judaism, like about how Tommy almost sacrifices Dill to hungry monkeys by pouring baby food on him, which is kind of similar to the sacrifice of Isaac, which is a story from the Hebrew Bible in Genesis. 
there is also some talk about it in All Grown Up, where, where Tommy argues with Dee Dee about having to go to Hebrew school. And then, and then of course, there was controversy. The controversy had to do with Grandpa Boris. And the Anti-Defamation League, they criticized the design of Aunt of Grandpa Boris, saying that it was anti-Semitic. And, you know, the controversy mostly erupted from a comic strip. Because remember, Rugrats had a comic strip in the 90s where it featured Boris in a, Boris in a synagogue reciting the Mourner's Kaddish. I hope I pronounced that right. And if I didn't, I forgive you. You know, I don't, if I didn't, forgive me, please. Forgive me for that. And, you know, they issued a statement saying that the design of the synagogue resembled, the design of everything resembled a Nazi era depiction of the Jews. And it, it just became kind of a big thing. And, so here, the Washington Post published a strip, issued a similar statement, criticizing Nickelodeon for not showing better judgment in editing. It, and eventually, it went on and on and on. And I'm actually going to read this. Um, the president of, of Nickelodeon was Jewish. He was dumbfounded by it, deemed it absurd. But then they said, you know what, we're never going to publish this strip again. So they didn't. And, you know, they issued an apology and everything else, but they, they just completely cut that whole script. But they didn't cut, like, the whole thing with this, with um, Boris in the whole... Rugrats cartoons because in the Hanukkah one, Boris has this thing where he ends up stuck in the attic with the babies and he tells them the story of Passover. And he, and you know, when he tells it, it's like really compelling and interesting. And you know, he, he's the one who tells, like, all these different stories about it. Like, he said about the Passover. He said about the Hanukkah story. It, so, in a way, you kind of had a combo of anti-Semitism in the strip, but a celebration of Judaism in the series. So, so yeah, there's there's some iffy things, but also... I want you guys to keep something in mind, too, for the 90s. There were very few diversity depictions. Very few. In the, in the 90s, like, especially the early 90s, I think a lot of the, a lot of the cultural diversity was very much, and you could probably see it, too. It was very much like a white gentrification, if you will. And, you know, it was basically kind of more the whitewash treatment. Because look, you look at, um, 
Look at, say, Susie Carmichael and the Carmichael family. They seemed like, you know, they were black and everything. And you had the episode with the huh, with the Kwanzaa celebration. But you really didn't see much else with them. You seen more like they were kind of like the Huxtables from the Cosby Show fame. And if you ask me, the Huxtables sometimes seemed like, seems like they were assimilated. Unpopular opinion, by the way. So, I want to talk to you about something very interesting, which is the Rugrats Theory. I am dead serious. There is a Rugrats Theory. There are several Rugrats Theories. And... One of the most popular Rugrats theories is one by Creepypasta. And Creepypasta has this Rugrats theory. And this is insane. So basically, I read this and I was like, childhood ruined. So the Rugrats theory is this. The Rugrats were really a figment of Angelica's demonic and unimaginable imagination. Now, I'm going to read this from Creepypasta because it's insane. So, it says, it says, Rugrats were originally a figment of Angelica's demonic and unimaginable imagination. Chucky died in 1986 along with his mother, and that's why Chaz is a nervous wreck all the time. Tommy was born in 1988, but he was still born. So that's why Stu constantly lives in the basement, making toys for the son who never had a chance to live. The DeVilles had an abortion in 1990. Angelica couldn't figure out whether it was a boy or a girl. Thus, she created the twins. God, I wish I was making this shit up. So basically, they are saying that the only reason why Angelica was the only one who could interact with them was because Angelica was the only one that could see them. And then the, it goes on. The, there is a theory with all grown up in regards to the Rugrats theory, which is, which is described like this on creepy, for Creepypasta. As for all grown up, the teenage Angelica becomes addicted to various narcotics, which further aggravated her schizophrenia. I wish I was making this up. Bringing her back to her childhood and thus the creations she obsessed over. So far, I could probably understand this. And then, so, that she obsessed over... Because of the time lapse between the present and the last time she interacted with her creation, she made him older. Angelica was constantly taking hits of acid so she would never have to live without her creations, who were her only company. In a judgmental world, Angelica's mother actually died of a heroin overdose in 1982, just after Angelica was born, and Drew in his depression married a gold-digging whore that Angelica idolized because she fooled herself into thinking it was her real mom that had a con but always had a concept of her mom Cynthia and took a Barbie doll made it after her mom's image wearing an unwashed orange dress and having jacked up hair which is why she was so attached to it 
In later in life, she followed in her mom's footsteps with drugs and everything, dying at overdose at 13 when all growed up was canceled. Now this, I could see why, because all grown up does end when Angelica is right around the age of 13. Also, that Cynthia doll, God, that Cynthia doll was, was scary as fuck. And Charlotte was always seemed like as if she was out for money, money, money. So I could, I could understand why that theory is. Now, the theory goes on. And it says the only rugrat not to be fictional, however, was, was unborn Tommy's brother, Dill. However, Angelica didn't know the difference between Dill and her creations, although Dill didn't follow her commands. Because remember, the other, the other babies did. After endless crying and a refusal to, refusal to disappear like the others when Angelica was angry with them, she hit him. Due to this, he suffered a brain hemorrhage, which resulted in a death in a deformation. Now, now that I could understand because Dill's head looked really weird looking. As he grew up, his damage only became more evident, and by the time he was nine and all grown up, he lived as an outcast, being ridiculed for his weirdness and retardation. Which I don't. I don't think that Dill was mentally challenged in All Grown Up. He was just weird. Which, let's face it, weird kids, there are weird kids even without a brain injury. The immense guilt over this is what led Angelica to her drug use and what led Angelica to uncreate the Rugrats briefly until her, until her experience with hallucinogenics, i.e. acid. On a trip to Paris to find love, Chaz married a woman named Kira. And remember, he was actually going to, in the movie, he was actually going to marry a gold digger named Coco. And Kira had a daughter named Kimmy that was torn from her because she was a cocaine addict. Angelica formed her from Kira's story. So basically, Kira is a figment of Angelica's imagination. He lost his mind after the death of his wife and was in denial that she was ever a prostitute. Upon return to America, Chaz and Kira did get married and she got a green card. It was actually a really happy romantic story, but Kira, she continued to struggle with addiction, but was relatively happy with her life and Chaz. Now, here's a plot twist. Susie was actually Angelica's only friend. And she was the only one that entertained the thoughts of the creations. Now, Angelica spent her last days in the back of the high school cafeteria managing friends around her and playing with the lives of her creations. So, that's kind of the basic one. And then, and then well, they, there is another one where they say that that uh, Susie eventually wrote all these things, and that's how we ended up with the show. But, you know, a lot of people keep wondering, is this really legit? And there was actually an article about five years ago, August 1st, 2016 to be exact. So we're talking about five to six years ago. 
where it was Arlene Klasky, who is the creator of Rugrats. She was at Comic-Con, and she was asked about the Rugrats theory, which is what I just mentioned. And this was from BuzzFeed. She said, a lot of people believe in that conspiracy theory, and no, it's not true. So basically, it was just a theory that people threw out there because they were like, what the hell is this shit? And there are so many different theories on, on these shows. And, you know, as I keep finding them, I'm probably going to keep doing podcasts on them. So, let's see. I'm going to do like a little brief pop culture Pop Goes the Culture, Pop Factor Review. And I'm going to do a Pop Factor on the Rugrats TV series and movies. So let's start with the TV series. The original Rugrats. Definite pop culture of 10. Because... You really can't mess with a classic. And to me, that was a classic. That was childhood for me, right there. The All, all Grown Up, I'm going to say that was maybe about a five for Pop Factor. Because it was like, you had the characters, but it kind of fell flat. I never saw the preschool days, so not even going to go there. As for the Paramount Plus one, I'm sorry, but that has a pop factor of two. I love the idea that they updated a little bit to include include things that we were always thinking, like Betty being a lesbian, but it just doesn't have that feel like like the original Rugrats does. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't have that je ne sais quoi, which oddly enough is French for it. I don't know what. Okay, Rugrats movies, and there are three of them. Rugrats the movie. Again, that's a pop factor of 10. Absolutely love it. It was one of my favorites. I mean, my my favorite thing was when Angelica had on the roller skates and, you know, she she was, like, trying to find the babies. And she had Spike. She said, Spike, you're going to be my butt hound. <laughs> and then and then there was the part where, where, there, where she's on the roller skates going around. She flies. She flies, like, over something, lands in the dirt. Spike comes up and she says, not all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> That was my favorite. Uh, Rugrats in Paris. I wasn't too thrilled about it. So I'm going to give that a pop factor of six. Because there were some things that were kind of cute. But there were a lot of things that I was like, this is for kids. Especially the whole thing with that gold digger Coco. She was so evil as hell. And I'm like thinking to myself, yeah, you want kids to see that? Thank you, next. 
And finally, Rugrats Go Wild. Love the idea of Bruce Willis as the voice of Spike. But other than that, I hated it. So that is a pop factor of one. And, you know, there were, like I said, there were video games too. The only one I really played was that, was Search for Reptar, which was for, which was for the original PlayStation. And that was corny as hell. If you could ever get your hands on an original PlayStation and that one, you know, just play it for the novelty factor. And that's it. Whew. That was insane. So, Rugrats. Paramount Plus, you can get the new version. And you can also find the old version on Paramount Plus, oddly enough. The movies... I can't quite remember if they are on Paramount Plus. You could probably check if they are. If, but don't quote me on that. Um, you know, send me a message on Twitter at popculture two six seven if you do find them on Paramount Plus. So, so I would know. And then, like, you know, other than that, you could probably find it on maybe. Apple or Google. So definitely if you if you want to see those movies, do. And that wraps it up for today's installment. So as always, this podcast is written, produced, and researched by me. And I use the platform Anchor to host my podcast. Log all to anchor.fm to get hosted you are by default hosted on spotify and anchor but they do give you the tools to be listed on several other platforms and if you're real savvy you could probably be listed on a few more platforms like anchor for instance will have it where you are you are able to get yourself listed on google and apple i am actually listed on on both of those Castbox and Podbeam as well as both Anchor and Spotify. And I am on I am on Twitter at popculture267. Also Pop Goes the Culture 267 on Facebook. And the intro and outro music I got from Pixabay, log on to pixabay.com to get your free, royalty-free music. I think I may have butchered that, but I apologize. And until next time, don't forget to be awesome. <laughs>